0: covering all aspects of milwaukee brewers baseball it's time for brewers extra innings the podcast here is your host matt Pauley.
1: we do welcome you into another edition of brewers extra innings the podcast powered by wtmj mobile i'm your host matt Pauley. i've got you throughout the course of the program today as we talk all things milwaukee brewers baseball Featured guests this week, we're going to have uh, Gabe Stoltz from Disciples of Euchre in our social media conversation. And we're going to have the voice of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, the Brewers AAA affiliate, Dan Karcher. He will join us as we go down on the farm later on in the program. As always, if you want to communicate with me, you can always uh, tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. Always appreciate uh, the follows on Twitter, but even if you just want to tweet at me uh, about something that we talk about or overall something about the uh, the program, always welcome those tweets. You can also always email me matt. dot at w t m j. dot com. This is a uh, this is the first time this year where we come to you and we have a team that is not uh, winning games. I know there were, you know, when the season got started, and actually uh, Gabe Stoltz is going to mention this in a little while, when the season got started, uh, the Brewers didn't start out, you know, on fire. But there were the, the expectations that they have built up during the course of the season didn't really exist. I mean, I know they started with a 1-3 a and three record, and then uh, it went to, Uh, Let's see, 2-6 and through the first uh, week-plus of the season, but they eventually got things together. They went on that road trip near the beginning of the year, had a lot of success on that, and uh, they they got it all together. Now as we sit, and we record this on uh, Sunday nights, uh, this team has currently lost seven of their last eight games, and the only game that they won was the middle game in Philadelphia where they were up 8-1. They blew the 8-1 lead, it went 8-8, and then they end up winning 9-8. There's been a lot, you know, the the conversation about this team has really been all over the place because people are still trying to figure out who this team is. When you go into a season and you have expectations, well, week-long losing streak, whatever, it's a week-long losing streak, it's six or seven games out of 162, it's no big deal. But when a team has been playing much much higher than those expectations over the course of a season, I think the losing streak, you look at it a little bit differently because you start questioning, okay, is this really who they are or is this just kind of a a speed bump and they're going to get back going. And if I told you I knew the answer to that question, I'd be lying to you. And guess what? Anybody who says they know the answer to that question says they'd be lying. You can look at some indicators But there's some indicators that go one way. There's some indicators that go another. This is a team that's been very resilient this season. And this is, you know, you look at this road trip. Those games in Pittsburgh were one and two run games that they could have easily won if they just got a a hit here or a hit there with runners in scoring position and it didn't come. Uh, They're going to go play Washington over uh, the next three days starting on Tuesday. So depending on when you're listening to this, but again, we recorded on a Sunday. So starting Tuesday, they have three games at Washington before they wrap up uh, the month of July with a weekend series at home against the Cubs. So one of two things is happening right now. Either the Brewers have overperformed all season long and they're starting to become the team that they actually are. Or this is just a week-long slump that basically any team in baseball goes through, and I guess there's some you you can find some truth in the middle of all that as well. You know, maybe they're going to get back on track, but maybe they're not going to be the same team that went into the All-Star break with a a five-and-a-half-game lead in the National League Central. You know, part of my job is to sit here and tell you what I think this team's going to be and and, and the answer to that question. I don't have an answer. And you know what? Anybody who does have an answer doesn't really know. And one of the big reasons why, and I I talk about this a lot, when you look at this Brewers team, it's filled with a bunch of guys who do not have track records. And you can judge teams and you can judge individual performances and you can try to predict future performances based off individuals' track records. You know, Ryan Braun has a track record. Now he's been banged up this year, but Ryan Braun has a track record. I guess Matt Garza has a track record. Uh, he's performing beyond that this year. Jared Hughes has a track record. Eric Sogard has a track record. Steven Vogt has a track record. But when you start looking at the main guys in the lineup for the Brewers, there's no track record. One year of success or a few months of success, not a track record. Jonathan VR had one, had a very good year last year. There's a lot of guys who have a good year and can't replicate it. That doesn't mean is not going to eventually get things going. There's guys who have a really good year, kind of have a sophomore slump, and then get it back going again after that. VR's not, not somebody that you can look at what he did last year and assume that he's going to get back to that point. Eric Thames played in Korea. We, we don't know what he's going to be. Travis Shaw played a half season as the starting third baseman for the Red Sox and then kind of lost his job as he started to slump. Domingo Santana has not had any—he ext- you know, was injured most of last year. The catching situation with Manny Pena and now Jet Bandy, especially now that Stephen Vogt is on the DL, uh, those guys are uh, very little track records. In center field, whether it's Keon Broxton, who's now at AAA, who had a couple good months at the end of last season, or Brett Phillips, who's uh, still kind of in the early stages of his big league career, same thing with Orlando Arcia. So that's why this team is so interesting, and that's why this team is so tough to figure out who they're going to be going forward. Maybe they get it back going. Maybe they don't. I'll say this, and I wrote a blog about this, and if you want to check it out, you can find it in the Brewers section at WTMJ.com. I do want Brewers fans to enjoy what's going on with this team. Because no matter what happens, and I'm not sitting here trying to prepare you for this team to uh, drop out of first place. And with the Cubs winning on Sunday night, it's a first place tie right now with Chicago. So I'm not sitting here, it's going to happen, but saying that it's going to happen, I would say this. Enjoy whatever happens. These young players on this team who are going to be part of the team going forward, talk about great experience for them being able to play in games that matter while they fight for a division title in the second half of the season. That's huge for them. And you're learning who's going to be able to be part of this team going forward and maybe who's not right for this team going forward. Now, that's not mutually exclusive. That doesn't mean those things happen when your team is not contending. Those things can continue to happen, and the Brewers can get things going again, and they can go on a run, and they can reclaim uh, first place all alone and do what they need to do. Or they might not. Either way, it's fun to watch what's going to happen. And and the future for this club continues to be as bright as it's ever been. Brighter than even when the season got started because they're, they're now officially ahead of schedule on the rebuild. This is a team that's been contending for the division title all season long when you're in the same division as the defending World Series champions. And you're in the same division... As the St. Louis Cardinals, who've been so good outside of last season. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been a playoff team a number of times here in recent years. So it says something about this team. And I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying it's wrong to be a little bit bummed out if they if they when they lose or if they fall out of first place or anything like that. Of course be bummed out. Of course be upset. You're you're a fan. It's it's totally fine. But to have I, I think I called it a sky is falling mentality. In the blog, there's still a lot of positive things to look at with this team, and I think that's worth mentioning. And again, they might get going again. This this might just truly be a speed bump. Uh, a week-long period where they don't get as many wins as they've been getting the rest of the season, they get back home and they get rolling. That might be the case, and I think there's as good of a chance of that happening as as any other scenario. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see. But uh, it's going to be fun. Look, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, from a from an excitement standpoint, it's probably better if the Cubs and Brewers are right next to each other in the standings, where every single day you're looking and seeing who won, who lost, who won, who lost. And, yeah, that's, what, that's what's great about baseball. And uh, August is right around the corner. And by the time you get to August, that's when those division races really, really heat up. Uh, the trade deadline is right around the corner. It's going to be fun. But don't be bummed out. Don't be don't be worrying too much. Let's just all sit back and watch how this thing goes down together.
0: It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week.
1: Brewers get healthier this past week. Uh, Ryan Braun, who had been uh, out... Uh, the calf uh, barked a little bit at him, and then he was dealing with a bit of a, uh, of a wrist issue. Uh, that seemingly cleared up as he was able to get back in the lineup both on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, he had a huge game, four RBIs, a uh, few hits, uh, drove in a run on Sunday as well. And uh, The lineup is just so much better with Ryan Braun. Eric Sogard played one game. He had an over. Uh, then he came up to the plate in, uh, as a uh, pinch hitter. Against uh, Philadelphia, ended up uh, getting a hit. Actually, came in as a defensive replacement, but he just got one at bat, uh, got a base hit. So, you know, watching and seeing the the playing time distribution at second base between Eric Sogard and Jonathan VR, that's gonna be it's gonna be something notable to watch. And I would think Eric Sogard's probably gonna get the more of the playing time because he's been more productive than Jonathan VR, uh, but we'll see. Now, to make uh, to make those moves, uh, Keon Broxton was sent down to A. He had been with the big league club all season long, but he had really been struggling recently. And this is a guy who, when he's hot, when he's on, he's as dangerous as anybody in the lineup. Unfortunately for him, July had not been that way. He was hitting 067 in the month of July, 3 for 45, with th- uh, 20 stolen bases, His on-base was only 176. He was slugging 133. I mean, there's some ugly numbers in there. So last year they sent uh, Broxton down. They sent him down a number of times. The last time they sent him down, uh, it really uh, it really st- stuck, and he gained some traction and was able to get back up to the Brewers and have a lot of success. So there's hope that that's going to be able to happen. Craig Council said on a recent pregame uh, conversation with Jeff Levering on the radio broadcast that they've invested a lot in Keon Broxton, and they're hopeful that this stint at A is a short stint and that he's able to come up sooner than later. Uh, In his place, at least for the time being, you're going to see Brett Phillips in there. Phillips uh, still trying to get things going a bit, a 200-hitter through Sunday's action, but he does have uh, three hits over the course of his last four games, including a home run that he hit on July 21st, his second career home run. So he's doing some things. He plays a solid uh, center field. Hernan Perez will play out in center field a little bit as well, uh, with Keon Broxton uh, being out. And you always wonder about you know if Brett Phillips does not get going, at what point does Lewis Brinson get the chance to come up and be that everyday center fielder. He is continuing to kill it at AAA, and we'll talk more about him when Dan Carter joins us coming up uh, later on in the program. Willie Peralta activated off the disabled list. Rob Scahill was designated for assignment, so if he does not get claimed by another team, he'll be assigned to uh, AAA Colorado Springs, but for now he is off the 40-man roster. So Scahill goes down. Has given the Brewers some, some good moments, and you know, to be a guy who... Kind of goes on and off, not just the 25-man roster, but the 40-man roster. Scahill's a nice guy to have, and, and he's had some good moments. Uh, but Willie Peralta does come back. And Peralta, in his first appearance on Sunday, he goes two scoreless against Philadelphia. Does walk, too, but he has four strikeouts and only gives up uh, one hit. Uh, that this is If Peralta works out of the bullpen, he could be a great weapon because of his stuff. But in the same sense, even with the two scoreless innings on Sunday, he still has a 6.95 ERA and in his five games in the month of June, he had a 15.95 ERA. As a reliever, he's got a six point uh, excuse me a 9.19 ERA. So there's some bad numbers there. Now there have been reports that uh, he worked with Colorado Springs pitching coach Fred Dabney. That maybe they found something in his delivery. Don't forget last year when he went down to Triple A, uh, they he came back almost a different guy. Maybe that's going to happen again, but uh, we'll wait and see. He could be he could be a great weapon in a bullpen, especially over the last week or so. When you look at the issues that have existed for the Brewers in the last week, from a from a collective standpoint, not naming individuals, but from a collective standpoint, the offense, the hitters have certainly struggled and then also uh, the bullpen has not been especially good over the course of the past week as well. And I'd be remiss as we look at the headlines if I didn't mention maybe the biggest headlines of this past week, and that's all the trade rumors. Look, I'm not going to sit here and name all the individuals that the Brewers have been linked to by various reports out there because some of those are legit, some of those are not. I said I wasn't going to name any, but I'll say this just as uh, kind of a, uh, an example I believe it was Buster only of ESPN this past week said the Brewers inquired about Ian Kinsler from the Tigers. Well, that could be legit or that could just be uh, the Brewers are talking to the Tigers about some other guys, and at some point Kinsler got brought up in conversation and somehow that got back to Buster only. Uh, sometimes it's agents who are planting rumors out there. So some rumors are very legit. you know there's individuals that you know Buster only is generally right. John Heyman is generally right. John Rossi is generally right. Chris Cotillo is generally right. Like, guys are generally right, but they're not always right. And uh, we'll see. Uh, The the trade deadline is coming up here in just a few days, and I think most expect the Brewers to make some noise, especially from a pitching perspective. But how much noise? What they're willing to give away? I mean, there's a lot going on. And uh, David Stearns has earned my trust. I have no doubt that Stearns is not going to overpay for anybody. He, uh, you know... He's. They have a valuation system, and they're not going to pay a ton over value to go acquire somebody, especially somebody who's maybe a rental. And the latest reports had that the Brewers are not just interested in guys that they can control, but maybe possibly uh, you know, rentals, meaning players who are free agents coming up at the end of this season. So again, I think I keep saying it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. This is an incredibly compelling Brewers team to watch. Whether it's interesting or fun, whatever words you want to be uh, be using. Keep watching because it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, that's uh, that's the way things are going to go this week. Uh, a lot of rumors are going to come out, and we'll see if any of them play out. Those are this week's Headlines of the Week.
0: After every Brewer's game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now, we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now.
1: Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile, does continue on. Right now, it's time for our social media conversation. Very happy to uh, welcome in head honcho over at Disciples of Euchre. He is uh, Gabe Stoltz, uh, joining us on the program once again. Gabe, thanks for taking some time. How are you doing today?
2: No problem, Matt. Uh, Doing well, besides the series losses course, but we'll take what we can get in this little bit of a cold streak for the Brewers. So better than getting swept all three, I suppose.
1: Yeah, we're, we're talking on Sunday night after uh, the Brewers end up losing to the Phillies 6-3. They lose two out of three in that series after getting swept in a four-game series in Pittsburgh. They now set uh, their uh, sights for the Nationals starting on Tuesday for a three-game set before returning home for the Cubs. So there's there's two schools of thought right now. There's some people who believe that this is kind of the beginning of the end for this Brewers team, that they're regressing back to who many people thought they would be this year. And there are other people who say, hey, it's a 162-game season. Everybody goes through slumps. Most teams go through multiple slumps. They're going to be fine. If we're honest about things, nobody really knows which one of those is true. We're just going to have to wait and find out. But uh, which one of those two things do you lean towards right now?
2: Well, I always try to be an optimist in life, and uh, I've been a baseball fan for uh, all my life, and it's a long season. It's one of the most grueling seasons out there of all the professional sports, and uh, I just think you've got to see – Brian Braun said it perfectly. I think it was last night on his post-game conferences. He said uh, something like, it's 100 100- – you got to see where the standings are after 162 games. The season's not done after just 100. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, Craig Council, too, himself has always said the goal of just playing out the season is to win the series. And if you look at the last seven, I think the Brewers have won five out of the last seven, dropping after they got swept at Pittsburgh in that four-game set. And then, obviously, uh, this weekend in Philadelphia, uh, they're still winning. It just is... Because It's been sliced off after the All-Star break, and we're just looking at that. And I think he, some people might be a little overreacting a bit, but, yeah, I try to view the, ha- the cup as half-full rather than half-empty.
1: Tim Muma, who we have on this segment uh, quite some time, he had a tweet uh, after the win of the Philly series, basically saying in the last twenty games they're twelve and eight, even if you take the loss on Sunday, twelve and nine over their last twenty one games, if you extrapolate you know that that out where you would go twelve and nine every twenty one games, that would put you on pace for ninety plus wins so while it is easy to look at the last week and we'll get into some of the deficiencies from the last week, I do think it is somewhat smart to, to take that step back and say, Okay, you know, over the last two weeks, over the last month, this is a Brewers team that's still playing some pretty good baseball.
2: Absolutely. And uh another guy on Twitter had a good tweet. Um JP Breen, I'm sure you and a lot of the listeners are have been following him. He mentioned how the Brewers were after the All-Star break six three and six, excuse me. And he just remembered, like, uh, at the beginning of the year, after the series against Colorado and Chicago, they had a similar record, and so he joked that said, "Oh, the season must have must have ended twice now (laughs) after those short hiccups." But yeah, it's just—I mean, people are gonna overreact. It's especially with a team like this, with the Brewers, who don't often make the playoffs. um, It can be a little bit easy to. Um, just get lost in the wins and losses, especially if they're, you have a short slide.
1: Well, I think the other side of it is too, and I think the, maybe uh, maybe I'm as guilty of it as anybody is. You know, if if you're a team that's expected to do well, you know, if you're the Washington Nationals who are expected to do well this year, and you go through a week long slump. It's really easy to say, "Oh, it's just a slump," because there were expectations, and you kind of know who they are. The fact that there were very few expectations for this team, isn't it a little bit easier for fans, for, for media people, for anybody to maybe glom on to, uh, to the slump and make it perhaps more legitimate than it actually is?
2: Oh, absolutely. yeah. Um, going back to 2011 Brewers, you' didn't, people weren't freaking out over this slump because we knew we were expecting the season to go well. We had average, like, the prospects that we had been grooming through those horrendous years of the early 2000s had been making their ways up. But the shift has sort of turned on that old uh, net way of thought because now we obviously have the prospects in the minors and we're a little ahead of schedule where we're competing now at the major league level and still have those prospects down below and yeah, it's just it is easy to get um, to freak out a little bit more than you might if you were a team like Washington after you lose a stretch of games or like the Cubs. Um, so I imagine those look at those look at that team. They're not those fans aren't worried. I bet you you can ask quite a lot, and especially with the way they've been playing recently, I don't think you get many Cubs fans saying that they're worried about making about missing the playoffs anymore.
1: The nature of the beast is this podcast looks back at the week that was every week so we do need to look at some of the things that happened over the course of the week and uh, the bullpen was not especially good. Obviously the offense really struggled. Starting pitching was pretty good, not really counting Junior Guerra. So so of those three things I mentioned, uh, the offense really having a hard time uh, over the last week or so, the bullpen having some kind of down moments and then just the single person in Junior Guerra. Of those three things what would you be most concerned about right now?
2: I think you'd have to say the bullpen. Um, I mean, that's sort of been the main problem throughout the year out of, um, well, I guess you could say Garrett, but he was hurt a little bit, for um, a while, actually. But, but, yeah, the bullpen. I mean, and then just looking at, like, Carlos Torres. But then if you looked at, um, obviously, um, Jacob Barnes had a rough outing and Oliver Drake in Philadelphia. But over the last, those two guys' last outings, they weren't, they were pitch, pitching pretty well. So, but I mean, you just have those, the middle relief core still is what is giving this team some trouble. And maybe they'll shore that up. Maybe they'll make an attempt to go after uh, Brad Hand or Justin Wilson from the Tigers. Possibly shore that up. Who knows what David Stern's thinking? Whether he wants to uh, buy at the deadline or if he wants to just roll the dice with the guys he's got and keep the prospects that would likely be off to either San Diego or Detroit if you want to just keep them for the future instead of buying now and trying to get to the playoffs with this team
1: you mentioned drake and and barnes even carlos torres and i'm on a bit of an island as somebody who's defended carlos torres and it's a lot tougher after his last outing where he looked really bad uh but going into his last outing he finally got in his era below four he was at 3.96 before giving up those four runs while only getting one out and you know a lot of teams will take a, a sub four era guy but there you mentioned right there Torres, Drake, and Barnes, and even Corey Knable had a bad game, and that's going to happen to everybody. But those, those guys right there, those four guys, and specifically the three, not counting Corey Knable, those are supposed to be your, your kind of high leverage seventh and eighth inning guys, and if you, if you have a lead and that this road trip has featured a lot of leads not being able to be held on to, it's been largely because those guys who you've trusted are not coming through.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and especially it, it does sort of come back to starting pitching too, in the fact that if those are the three guys you're um, throwing out there, you don't want to may have them use a lot of innings, eat up a lot of innings. So maybe that comes into play at the trade deadline. Um, whereas it's not really a matter of like getting of high relievers that could pitch in high uh, leverage situations where they're going to cost you a lot of prospects. But maybe Stearns is is possibly thinking of just getting another arm out there to deepen the bullpen. I mean, you have Josh Hader and all of them out there to go in the – and you have Michael Blazik up there, obviously, and Jared Hughes. But maybe that he tries to go for, like, a bullpen arm that might be under the radar compared to other teams. Like, maybe – I mean, just spitballing here, but, like, if you look in the division, maybe the Reds could be a possible suitor. You have two still in. He's not going to be a high-leverage inning guy. He's sort of has been phased out of that scenario for his career. But he could just be another arm to, to just throw out there if you need it, um, rather than just get it going after those like Brad Hands and Justin Wilsons, who you know are going to cost a lot more in terms of prospects being sent.
1: As we talk on Sunday night, Willie Peralta throws a couple scoreless innings. He had a couple walks, but he strikes out four we we've seen him have moments but we've also seen him have not so good moments any reason to be optimistic that this guy can come in and 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 give this team some good innings out of the bullpen
2: you'd obviously like to see that i he that was the one silver one of the silver linings from today's game for sure uh you have it the bullpen has who knows maybe it is the right spot for him he had obviously struggled as a starter but he, we know he has the stuff that can when it's on he can Definitely be a contributor when he lights up with that, lights up the radar gun with that fastball of his. Um, yeah, and we'll see. Cause I'm sure the bullpen will be battle tested, especially in the series coming up against Washington. And then you got the Cubs after that. And boy, yeah, he'll surely get his opportunities. Well, we'll that's one thing. But uh, as a feel for, if he'll perform is another thing. But hopefully today's outing gives him some confidence that he needs.
1: What is your expectation going into the trade deadline in terms of how active the Brewers might be?
2: It's an interesting topic to debate, that's for sure. You've seen uh, there's a lot of people that want to sell the top prospects, like Brunson and possibly Hayter. I don't think I'm in that camp just yet. I I think if we get Sonny Gray, um, I don't know. It'd be a lot of convincing to get me to – Send Lewis Brinson to Oakland or even a Josh Hader, which I doubt they would do because Hader's contributing to this team right now. But an interesting thought I had was it'd be hard to do this, but I mean, you hear the, how the Cubs are supposedly still in talks for these um, guys like the Sonny Gray and even the relievers. Um, they don't have a top 100 prospect after they sent um, Eloy Jimenez to the White Sox. So maybe they, so you'd have to imagine they just pro, clump a bunch of their lower end prospects together to make that a more appealing of a deal. And maybe, who knows, maybe that's what David Stearns would be trying to do. Maybe you throw in like a, some a Corbin Burns or a Freddie Peralta. Maybe they don't have to send Lewis Brinson, but unfortunately, if you're going to get Sunny Gray, that's probably going to cost you a top 100 or probably top 200 prospects. I could see. I would be all right if Corey Ray was a headliner, but I don't know. I don't want to part with Brinson or Hader. That's for sure. So we'll see how it. It's definitely going to be an exciting few weeks coming up.
1: Uh, This past week, Keon Broxton gets sent down and. Broxton in the month of July had he I mean he, the struggles had been going on for a little while but when you go look at his uh, month of July he was at uh, 067 he was three 4 45. Had uh, had twenty strikeouts in those forty-five at bats, so striking out close to half the time. You wrote something uh, recently. The headline is: "What does Keon Broxton have to do to find consistent success?" So let me throw that headline right back at you. What does Keon Broxton have to do to find consistent success?
2: Well, I'm sort of cursed him after writing that, but um, well, hopefully he. Well, it's good that he can have he has that he had that option that one final minor league option to go back down to Colorado Springs. So hopefully he could just find, refine his game down there and uh, because he got sent down last year too. So hopefully he finds lightning strikes twice in that fact and he can come up. uh, Maybe it's just a change of scenery. Who knows? Um, But yeah, just obviously cut the strikeout numbers. That's something that's been troubling this whole Brewers team. But yeah, Broxton just, he hasn't been, his plate appearances have been sluggish. He just didn't have it up in the majors. So hopefully, by going down to Colorado Springs, he'll be able to find his groove again.
1: He is uh, Gabe Stoltz. You can read him and you can read uh, the entire staff over at uh, DisciplesOfEuchre.com. What kind of things are being uh, worked on right now? What can f- people expect if they go uh, check out the website?
2: Well, surely with the trade deadline, we're going to have a lot more pieces. I know I have a writer that's been uh drafting up some pieces about possible trade that the brewers are involved in um so yeah with the trade deadline will whatever way the brewers end up going we'll have some pieces uh trying to talk fans through the process of whatever whatever way david stearns ends up going so it's surely going to be an exciting time and yeah whatever way the brewers go we'll be discussing it over there
1: also, make sure to follow uh, Gabe on Twitter at Stoltzy3. He is uh, Gabe Stoltz. Gabe, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. We really appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again uh, in the future.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Matt.
0: The future of a Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers Minor League Affiliates as we go down on the farm.
1: Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, were powered by WTMJ Mobile. We do continue on, and always one of my favorite people to bring on to uh the podcast i say it every time he's a guy that uh i spent uh, a lot of time working alongside and have great uh fond memories of my time working with the colorado Springs sky Sox, and specifically uh their broadcaster very excellent broadcaster uh that is uh dan karcher dan always appreciate getting you on the program how are you doing today
3: i'm doing great matt every time you introduce me i feel much better so you, you really pump me up and uh that's, uh, that makes my day even uh, that much sweeter. I do appreciate that.
1: Well, I mean every word of it, and uh, uh, the the team continues to play really really strong baseball. Uh, Sixty and thirty eight after a, a setback on uh, Sunday, uh, but this team continues to lead the division. And some of the you know Brett Phillips is up with the Brewers. We've seen Lewis Brinson go up and go back down. The team has lost Josh Hader. How is this team continuing to uh, play such good baseball, even though uh, some of the guys who have been a big part of it this year have either uh, left the team or have been up and down?
3: Talent. I mean, uh, just a deep organization. I mean, as uh, we call it, a plug and play lineup here. No matter who they plug in, that's the guy. They either get called up uh, or or injured or get traded, like Eric Cooper. Uh, the guys that step in seem to do the job in in uh, in fine fashion and. You know, it's just incredible. I think, Matt, this time of year, um, you know, the team right now, kind of like the Brewers, although they're going through a rough stretch right now, after you win this many games and you kind of get that uh, winning uh, attitude and uh, winning culture kind of uh, settles in, I think uh, they find ways they believe that they're going to win. They're going to find a way. And, uh, And I think that's what's happened to this team. And I think it's what's happening to the organization. It should not be overlooked. What the Brewers have done in a short order here, when David Stearns took over as the general manager, going from an organization that was old, long in the tooth, had a lot of uh, big contracts, um, and and he was able to turn this thing around in no time whatsoever. And we're bearing the fruits of that in Colorado Springs. And uh, it's been fun to watch. I think uh, it's an incredible story. I think fans are getting caught up in the fact that the Brewers are in first place here in late July, and they should but don't uh, don't forget how far we've come in a short period of time and and what kind of culture he's building throughout the organization because that's going to pay dividends for years to
1: come. One of the biggest storylines right now with the Sky Sox is Yvonne DeJesus Jr. and his on base streak at 40 games through uh, Sunday, I believe I have that right. Uh, This is a guy who almost made the Brewers Club out of spring training. He was allowed after spring training to uh, pursue other opportunities and other organizations. There was nothing guaranteed big league-wise. Somewhat surprisingly, he spent the entire season with the Sky Sox and here he is making Sky Sox history. How impressive has this guy been?
3: I am shocked, absolutely stunned that he is still here. I mean, a guy who's putting up those kind of numbers who has that kind of um, resume uh, that he has played in the big leagues uh, for as long as he had, has, for as long as he has, and has played so many positions, he plays all four infield positions for the Sky Sox. And Matt, he is absolutely just raking at the plate. I mean, this guy, he hasn't uh, failed to reach base since June third, hmm. so I mean he is just locked in like like um, nobody's business, and I can't believe he's still here. I mean um, he's a great guy. Um, I think he's a, a veteran presence in that clubhouse that I'm, I'm sure the Brewers do appreciate. But man, he is just uh, lighting this league on fire, and uh, we are definitely happy he's here. But I'm still stunned. But nobody else uh, in baseball has taken a flyer on this guy.
1: What's been your thoughts so far on uh, Mauricio Duban? He's been with the team for uh, for a little while now having played in, in 22 games. The numbers look good, but beyond the numbers, what are you seeing from this guy?
3: I like I like uh, Mauricio. He's got a great uh, baseball makeup. Um, he's he's um, positive, he's upbeat. Um, he's got speed, which I think uh, is something the Brewers could use. He can play uh, shortstop and second base. He he's a good defender. Obviously, he can hit. Um, uh, good kid, outstanding young man, and um, I'm I'm very impressed with with Dubon. In fact, to me, Matt, he's kind of pushing the envelope when it comes to uh, Yadier Rivera because now Rivera has somebody who can play uh, shortstop and second base along with him, but can also uh, provide some offense, uh, which he has done quite nicely since joining the team. His batting average really not uh, displaying that right now, but, but he's beginning to heat up. I think he had three more hits uh, on Sunday. So um, I, I think the Brewers have something here in Dubon, a, a guy that maybe can be a utility guy in the big league somewhere down the road.
1: What's, you know, Lewis Brinson goes up for a few days. He, he got his feet wet. He didn't really get the opportunity to play every day, and that's tough for a young guy. He comes back down to Colorado Springs, and, you know, sometimes you see guys have a bit of a lull after being sent back down for the first time. Not Brinson. He is just continuing to, uh, to kill it. Uh, what's, wh- what have you seen from him, you know, maybe specifically, and it might not even be on the field, but just the way he's handled going up and, and coming back down?
3: Well, he, he's a pro. I mean, this is a guy who is uh, years beyond his age. He acts like he's uh, 33 instead of being 23. What a great young man he is and handles himself so well with the media. For a guy who's just a young kid, you kind of forget the fact that, that he is so young because the way he handles himself both on and off the field. I really haven't seen any difference from Lewis from the time he went up to when he came back down but he has taken his game to another level. I think that little taste of major league baseball gave him even more motivation than he had before to prove to the brewers that he does belong in the major leagues, but he needs to play every day. And and that's what he said when he came down. I mean, he experienced something he's never had to go through. When he got called up, he became a bench player and that's tough for a young Mm -hmm. guy. Few young guys can, can really, uh, uh, make that transition, but uh, Brinson needs to play every day. And someday, Matt, he's going to be a super superstar in the leagues because he has all the tools, as we know. And uh, boy, he's uh, he's on he's on the verge of doing something very special here. And I think uh, Brewers fans are going to be uh, real pleased to see him when when he finally makes the big leagues on a full time basis. But he needs to play every day. Being down here doesn't hurt him at all. But he's tearing this league up and really doesn't have anything more to prove at this level. But he's just waiting for that opportunity. I think if the Brewers weren't uh, playing so well, he might have uh, had a chance uh, earlier to play every day at the major league level. But his time will come. And in the meantime, he's a true pro. And he's going to uh, come down here and really take advantage of the opportunity that he has to, to refine his game.
1: In 75 games with the club, Garrett Cooper hit 366, 17 home runs, 82 RBIs. He had multiple hits in five of his last six games with the Sky Sox. How happy was everybody that you you hate to lose him in the organization, but first base was blocked at the big league level by a couple pretty good guys. How much uh, happiness was there that uh, he got traded and he got traded to a place where he's going to get an opportunity to play more uh, and play at the big league level?
3: What a story. I mean, if that doesn't make an impression on every single player who's in the minor leagues and nothing will. Garrett Cooper was really not on anybody's radar when the season started. He was not a top 30 prospect on anybody's list. Um, he, He was kind of an older AAA guy, 26 years old, going on 27, and really put up pretty good numbers during his minor league career, but nothing like he did this year. It all goes on Garrett Cooper. He worked hard during the off season and during the early portion of this season to make himself into the hitter that he is today. And, boy, Matt, we have seen such a, uh, a transformation from Garrett Cooper from last year to this year. I mean, very little holes in his swing this year. Uh, great plate discipline. Used the entire field. We're living in a day and age of the overshift. They could not shift on Garrett Cooper, typically a first baseman, uh, even though he's a right-handed batter, uh, you would see uh, defenses shift on those kind of guys because he's a big dude, six six, two hundred and thirty 230 pounds, and, and is hitting the ball with authority. So you, usually you see defenses shift on those kind of guys, not Garrett Cooper, because he was using the entire field. I mean, Matt, it just goes to show you that if you put in the work and do it the right way and you put up the numbers, somebody's going to notice, and lo and behold, Not just somebody, but the New York Yankees took notice, and look where he is today. That's a great message to all the other kids that are playing minor league baseball that think maybe they don't have a
1: shot. We're talking with Dan Carter, the voice of the Sky Sox. And, you know, Dan, we always talked about it when we were uh, broadcasting together that, you know, all these guys, especially at AAA, there's a lot of guys who are coming up on being, you know, six-year free agents. And, the, you know, there's, there's scouts and there's eyes on everybody. So even if you don't make it in the organization you're playing for, there's always all those other organizations that have a look at you.
3: And there's Korea and there's Japan Matt, there's been tons of scouts in the stands uh, for us for the last uh, couple of months, and, and these guys noticed that. So, yeah, I think everybody is aware of the fact that not only are you playing to try and get that big league call-up from the Brewers, but you're also playing for the 29 other organizations that are interested in maybe improving them by themselves at the major league level and uh, or, or maybe even an opportunity to play overseas because, as Eric test has, has shown... Uh, you can still play overseas and then come back to the States and, and sign a big major league contract if you put up the numbers. So, I mean, this game is numbers-driven. Let's, let's not fool ourselves. I mean, if you put up the numbers, uh, folks are going to notice, and whether it's in uh, Japan, Korea, or in the States, somebody's going to give you that opportunity, but you have to put up the numbers for the most part, unless you're a top prospect. Um, for the most part, you're going to uh, get an opportunity somewhere, uh, some way.
1: Some expect the Brewers to be very busy at the trade deadline, and there's some speculation that maybe some of the top prospects could get moved depending on what happens. How cognizant do you think guys are that you know maybe that big league opportunity is going to come with a different organization, but maybe it's going to come in the next week if they happen to be part of a deal uh, if the Brewers are that active at the deadline?
3: Oh, well, I think everybody's aware of it in, in this day and age of Twitter and, and all the social media we have going on. Um, I think everybody is clued into this type of, uh, even if they don't really want to be, they they know what's going on, and, and they try and ignore it or try and uh, uh, set it aside so they don't lose focus on what they're doing day-to-day. But uh, it would be very difficult this day and age not to uh, hear the rumors, to read the rumors circulating about what they're, and especially the way the Brewers are playing and the fact that they are in this thing for the long haul. I mean, who would have thought that late July the Brewers would be uh, contending for a division title uh, this soon after uh, uh, turning the organization over the way David Stearns has done. But uh, uh, the Brewers are going for it, and good for them, and I think they should. Uh, hopefully don't mortgage the future uh, to try and win it this year, but I think they can make a little uh, fine uh, tweaks uh, to try and improve themselves here and there that, that might help them down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I mean, that's that's another great reason uh, to have prospects in your organization because um, when you get in this position, then you have the ammunition to go out and get some players that that maybe can help you at the major league level. So I think um, uh, the Brewers have done it the right way, and and, uh, these guys are excited down here. I think not only for the uh, prospect of playing for a contending team, but also maybe if it's not with the Brewers, it might be with somebody else. And, And let's face it, everybody down here, uh, is uh, has one single goal in mind, and that's to get to the major league level, no matter who the team might be uh, that they're playing for.
1: It's kind of funny. Brandon Woodruff is currently on a major league rehab, even though he has technically not yet made his major league debut because he got injured before he was supposed to. He's made one start. He's going to start again on, uh, on Monday, I believe. Uh, what's your takeaway on Woodruff's health and uh, if we might see him in Milwaukee at some point in the near future?
3: Yeah, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I feel for Brandon. He's a great kid. I mean, you warm up for your first Major League uh, for your major league debut, and then you pull a hamstring muscle. I don't know. I've been in the game a long time. I'm not sure I've ever heard of anything quite like that, and I feel for the young man. But he's working hard. Brandon's a, a great kid, and obviously he's an outstanding talent on the mound. Um, but his first start, I think he struggled with his command, which is to be expected. He's been out a couple of months, so... Um, He's still working his way back, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, come uh, mid to maybe later August, he'll be ready to uh, help the Brewers down the stretch, uh, uh, either as a starting pitcher or maybe even in the bullpen, but uh, he's a guy that that definitely has proven he deserves the opportunity, but but because of the setback with the injury, he's going to need some time to get himself back uh, to where he was before the injury occurred, so... Um, I I think the Brewers are going to be patient with him. They they obviously have other guys that that they've uh, called upon to uh, come up to the big leagues and and fill in here and there. And obviously the the trading deadline is going to be huge too as to what what they go after as far as uh, pitching is concerned. So um, I think they're so deep in the organization, I don't think there's any immediate rush to uh, try and push Brandon any more than uh, he'll push himself. And I think uh, uh, before the season is over, you guys might – Finally, get, get a chance to watch Brandon Woodruff as a major league uh, pitcher.
1: The organization signed both uh, Gene Mark Gomez and Tom Wilhelmson to uh, to minor league deals. Guys who are big league guys, and you don't sign them unless you think that there's maybe an opportunity for them to come up and help. Neither of them have impressive numbers at this point. Uh, what's your takeaway on, on these guys, uh, especially considering the fact that they have struggled so far with the Sky Sox?
3: Yeah, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, Matt, that the Pacific Coast League is not an easy league to to pitch in, and, and more specifically, Colorado Springs is a huge challenge for these guys. So you kind of have to uh, take their numbers with a grain of salt. But uh, I think the Brewers are doing a smart thing here. They're, they're they're signing these guys and sending them to Colorado Springs to see what they have, and 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 really, you, there's no, I mean, there's no risk there. So if, if uh, Tom Wilhelmsen or Gene Gomez uh, doesn't work out, well, okay. Uh, you let them go and you move on. But, um, I, I, I mean, and then if they light the league on fire, then you call them up and see what they can do at the major league level. You're right. So far the numbers have not been very impressive, and I think the numbers don't lie. Um, so um, uh, I think we'll see something here in the next few days as, as far as uh, those two guys are concerned, whether or not the Brewers want to keep them here with the organization or move on and uh, go down another road
1: last thing for you and i i spent a lot of time in colorado springs and th- there hasn't been a lot of winners there uh the team's winning the team is uh in first place what's the uh how much fun is it at the ballpark on a on a day in day out night in night out basis to see a team have as much success as this current sky Sox group is having
3: well it's 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 really weird uh <laughs> to put it simply i mean um it's been since 2009 since we had a team that contended for a division title. And, and, Matt, not only are they contending, they are blowing the division away. I mean, they, as of Sunday, had a seven-game lead over Oklahoma City, and they're like 22 games over 500 as of Sunday. I mean, those are crazy numbers. We would be pleased as punch if they were in first place by one game and maybe uh, four or five games over 500. So this has been an incredible ride. And let me tell you something. The Sky Sox fans don't take it lightly. They understand the fact that uh, if not for the work that the Brewers have done in uh, turning this organization around, this would, would not be happening right now. And, and I mean, the Brewers have called up some some key players from the Sky Sox and all major league teams do. And and we've seen guys like Eric Cooper traded away, arguably the best player in the league, and the team is still playing well. And, and again, I go back to the fact that, it all goes, uh, all the credit goes to the Brewers for building a deep organization with, with a ton of talent and prospects throughout the organization, uh, so when guys get moved, then, then you have other guys to plug in to replace them, and not only that, but they're signing some quality players as well um, as free agents to fill in uh, for some of the void uh, that they've created by calling players up or, or whatnot. So it, it's been a fun ride, and, and let me tell you, it's, it's nothing we take for granted after 20 years of not Ah, uh, making the playoffs. I, I think uh, every hardcore Sky Sox fan and front office employee uh, that has been there for for a long time, like I have, uh, definitely is appreciative of what the Brewers have done. And um, and and having Rick Sweet leading the way as a manager makes it even better. I would say sweeter, but that would be too easy. But he's a, he's such a great guy, and he does such a a good job uh, managing the team and and uh, dealing with the media and the fans. I'm really happy for Rick that he has this opportunity. He predicted this last year, by the way, Matt. My final interview with Rick Sweet in Iowa, our, our final interview for the season, he said, I see a shift in power in the division next year, and we're going to take over this division and take control. Well, he uh, definitely called called that shot, and, and the Sky Sox right now are looking pretty good. I'm not going to say it's over because uh, only a seven-game lead. We still have um, 40 games left to play so a lot of baseball left but uh, it, it feels it feels good and we're we're very to have this
1: opportunity we encourage everybody to uh, listen to Dan Carter along with his broadcast partner Dan Anchison. you can uh, listen to the games at the sky sox website skysox.com you can also watch the games on milb. TV and for all the home games they uh, they overlay the radio broadcast uh, on there and even uh, go check out security service field Colorado Springs I lived there for six years there's so much stuff to uh, do and uh, people can enjoy uh, a quick summer vacation in the month of August check out security service field and the sky sox and uh, uh, you know make sure to uh just to, one of the better vacation spots i think in uh, in all of minor league baseball but uh, dan always appreciate uh, really glad to, to be able to catch up with you and uh, hopefully we'll talk again uh, before the regular season comes to an end and before the playoffs uh, get started
3: matt you're the best and um, always enjoy uh, visiting with you and, and certainly enjoyed my time uh, with you for the six years we had together there in the booth and uh, Uh, Likewise, look forward to visiting with you again uh, somewhere soon down the road.
1: That is Dan Karcher, the voice of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. We appreciate him taking some time. Obviously, I enjoy talking with him, a guy I worked with for uh, six years and uh, was a really good six years, and I... (laughs) It was a it was a great as someone who uh, who's done a lot of baseball play-by-play and hopeful to continue doing baseball play-by-play in the future again. Uh, that's uh, being able to sit next to him for six years was uh, you couldn't uh, get a better play-by-play. Education, So that was uh, it was great for me to be able to sit next to uh, him for all those years. And now I get to talk to him on the podcast all the time. So that is a good thing as well. All right, as we look at the week ahead again, record this on uh, Sunday night. Uh, the Brewers have Monday off, and then they will begin a three-game series uh, on Tuesday in Washington against the Nationals. That's a tough test. Nationals, second-best team in the National League behind the Dodgers. Their team that... Uh, just shored up their bullpen with a trade recently. This is a tough team, and they play well at home. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Brewers this week as they try to, you know, if they can somehow take two out of three from the Nationals, and they end up winning three on this road trip after they only won one through the first seven, I'll take it at this point. I absolutely will take it. Uh, you you know, you don't go into the road trip saying you want to go 3 and 7 but now that the team has a what a 1 and 6 record on the road trip you'll take 3 and 7 you absolutely 100% will take 3 and 7 Unless anything changes, this was uh, the pitching matchups here uh, for the Brewers' National Series on Tuesday. It'll be Zach Davies for the crew. He'll be opposed by Gio Gonzalez. Jimmy Nelson on Wednesday, he is going to go against Max Scherzer. Those are both really good pitching matchups, especially the Nelson Scherzer. Uh, If Davies pitches the way he pitched last time out, that could turn into a pretty good one, and then they'll wrap up on Thursday afternoon when Matt Garza starts for the Brewers, and then uh, Tanner Rourke will get the start. For the Nationals. And then one of the biggest series of the season uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And not trying to make too much of anything, but they've got a three game home series against the Cubs uh, Friday night at 7, Saturday night at 6, Sunday at 1 o'clock. And don't forget, you can hear all of those games on the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. And also don't forget, stay tuned uh, after the game as uh, you can uh, listen to my post-game show, Brewers Extra Innings. That's on uh, after the games on 620 WTMJ. If you are listening to this out of market and maybe you listen to uh, the Brewers games uh, on uh, you know the Game Day app or whatever, or possibly you watch the games on MLB.tv, you can always uh, stream the uh, the station WTMJ. You can stream it at wtmj.com or on the WTMJ mobile app. Uh, once the game comes to an end, that stream does not have the game. It's a blackout thing for uh, online broadcast, but they don't blackout uh, the Brewers' extra inning show. So if you ever want to hear my post game show, you can always uh, stream that as well. You just got to wait for the network broadcast uh, with whatever combination of. Bob Euchre, Jeff Levering, Lane Grindle on the call. Once they wrap up and I start, we go back live on uh, on the stream. Alright, let's go do it for this edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. I do want to say thank you again to uh, our guest as uh, Gabe Stoltz from uh, Disciples of Euchre were, was with us earlier and also uh, Dan Carter, the voice of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, joined us just a while ago as well. That's it for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. We'll talk to you again next week for another episode.
0: Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to the home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.